Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lastia Kahoot, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and in life, Glenn Sheridan. Every episode, we're joined by a special guest who inspires us to consider not only what we think, but how we think, and how that thinking impacts our life experience. It's time to get this conscious conversation started as we ask today's guest, who do you think you are? Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? My name is Lassia Kahoot, and I am your host. And as always, my co-host on this show and in life is Mr. Glenn Sheridan. Where are you? I am Glenn. This is the sound of my voice. Hello, everyone. And once again, we have a super special guest that we're really, really excited to have an amazing conscious conversation with. But before we get started, I would like to invite Glenn to express some gratitude and acknowledgement for where we are coming from today. Hello, everyone. So this is an ongoing process for me, but I just wanted to come from a place of gratitude as I do this. So as we begin, we would like to acknowledge the ancestral and traditional territories of the Hosseinic peoples where we gather today. We want to acknowledge and appreciate that we are settlers living, playing, and working with gratitude on the traditional territory of the Senchothan-speaking people, in particular the Tsartlip First Nations where we where we live. And we send thanks and blessings to the people who have been the stewards of these lands and remain so, and who still live here. Haichka, thank you. Oh, thank you, honey bunch. Um, Okay, so super amazing guest with a super amazing intro. Here is a little bit about our special guest today. So our guest today is a spiritual coach and is the founder of Awaken and Rise Coaching, which is specializing in helping women get to the root of what is making them feel stuck and unsatisfied in life. She focuses on trauma recovery and reprogramming the subconscious mind so that you can live a life of purpose, prosperity, impact, and freedom. She is also a licensed spiritual practitioner, a spiritual psychology coach, a speaker and author, and has over 10 years of experience of working with clients in coaching and personal development. She also has a deep desire to continue her reach to all corners of the world and bring her work internationally through speaking, teaching, coaching, and writing books. I know this person a little bit because we are in ministerial studies together this year, and she's going to tell you a bit more about it later on, but she has something starting in March called the Divine Purpose Project that allows women to come together in a small container and be held and seen as they unravel the deep beliefs that are holding them back. She believes that by being witness to your mess, you are able to transmute and transform your trauma into your purpose. But the most important work that she does is to be a solo mama to two beautiful growing boys and continuing to show them how they are the creators of their own life, which is really what it's all about and what we talk about here. So knowing that there is so much more to dig into and knowing that there is so much more that is already on its way, Nicole Starr, tell us, (laughs) who do you think you are? This is, this is a question I've been like thinking about this whole week. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure quite how to answer this, but, um, I mean, the most simple answer that I can give in who do I think I am? I think I'm the, I'm divine. I think I am the divine. I am spirit, God, the, all of it, all I'm you, I am me, um, 
all of us playing in this this game or this life that we have as one. Uh, and so that's really that's really who I think I am. That's what I teach my children, and um, that's what I try to embody in in life and what I do. An amazing answer. <laughs> and just we could go in so many different directions there. I got to tell you right away, being in class with someone else who we've had on the podcast, Amy Steinberg, when I hear I am divine, I hear her voice singing it. And because there's a song that she has, I think she actually sang it in class as an assignment, one step. And um, there's a line where she goes, knowing you are divine. And so when I hear that, I just hear her voice like singing the word divine. Um, now, the word that jumped out at me here is playing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because part of Glenn's sort of interpretation is that there's playfulness and that there is fun and that there is joy in that kind of way, um, you know, that that's, that's who we are at our core. So can you speak a little bit more about the playfulness or the, what you said, sort of playing, playing in this game of life? Yeah. So, um, well, one, there's that book called the game of life, which is amazing. Um, but, but, you know, this is a word that I'm trying to bring into my, my vocabulary, my, my life more and more, because what I find is that spiritual people <laughs> can be very serious and, um, and, and kind of, you know, wanting to just always be so deep and in the, in the work. And so how do we bring this play and this fun and this, you know, still being in conscious conversation and the lightness and the laughing and the fun and the um, playing with my children, you know, more intentionally. And probably because I'm a mom too, I'm, I try to be more intentional with the play there. But that that I'm finding as I get deeper into knowing who I am and what I desire is is to bring more fun into my life and play and um, not be so serious all the time in the conversations that I'm having in the work that I'm doing and kind of allowing myself to be a little bit more free. And um, so that's, that's where I, I, I bring it in more. That, mm -hmm. I, I love that. And I agree with you. I think that it can be so easy to get bogged down in this sort of I mean, heaviness is not necessarily the word that I would use. I, um, for me, it's like immensity, you know, or the yeah. infinitude. Like it's, it's something that can be so hard to wrap our minds around. Like what is actual infinity? Because it's not like there's one infinity, like infinity is infinity, you know, like there's no beginning, there's no end. It's all of it, like you said, and it's just ongoing all the time in gazillions of infinite bazillions of ways. <laughs> And so how, how can you not sort of sometimes go, Oh my God, like my brain is melting. My brain is hurting um, because I'm being so pulled and stretched and expanded. And I just maybe kind of want to contract for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so the playfulness and, and, you know, sort of the abandon that we can bring into our lives, mm -hmm. just as we rediscover, because what we're talking about here is not something that we need to find. It's not something that is missing. It's not something that is out there somewhere. It's the essence of who and what we are. And so whether you call it the divine God, spirit, source, beauty, harmony, love, creativity, mm -hmm. imagination, yeah, yeah. universe, whatever it is that works for you. It's who and what we inherently are always, as Dr. James, our teacher would say, period, end of sentence, um, no matter what. And so to, to rediscover that 
sometimes I guess maybe there's so much it's buried under so much stuff. It can feel like the weight of the world is on you. But as you rediscover who you are and as you start to reconnect to this incredible, amazing, energetic flow and vibrancy that is livingness and beingness itself. Oh my gosh. Like enjoy it and allow it to enjoy you, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's what Thomas Troward talks about, right. Is that the purpose of life is to enjoy life and that this energy, this spirit is always not even endeavoring it's always fulfilling itself more and more and more in through and as everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and one of the things that you said was, you know, that, that it's not about the, unco- it's not about the discovering, it's really about the revealing and, um, and, and also in this, this idea of, of reconnecting, we're always connected. It's, it's just at the level or the, the, um, you know, how much our consciousness is actually understanding our connection to source. And if we're paying attention because we're always connected. So, um, I just think as I go through my journey more, more, and I develop more and I reveal more of who I am, that becomes so strong. Like you're saying, just like that energy field in your body and the energy field around you, it, it can feel so powerful and so strong and also a responsibility where I think some of that maybe, you know, heaviness, you, you were saying that's not the right word, but, but some of that can feel a responsibility of staying in that space, especially as becoming a minister. It's like, how do we stay in the space of being in that conscious right mind, even when things are hard? So all of that. It's all of it, right? We get to experience all of the different levels of emotions and and thoughts and feelings um, as spiritual beings, as we are connecting and and reconnecting and rediscovering and revealing who we are. Yeah, and you know what? Thank you for bringing up that 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 you know even when things are hard. And I mean, I know that not everybody is in ministerial class, and not everybody yeah. is taking spiritual or consciousness classes. <laughs> Um, I do believe that on some level though, everyone is, I mean, everyone is on their journey. Everyone is experiencing life to some degree. And, and I believe that on some level, just because there is this incredible, amazing, intuitive wisdom and knowingness that is the very, very essence of who and what we are, that this exploration and discovery of self is happening all the time, but it kind of comes back to what you just said is how aware are we how conscious of we of the consciousness you know that we are and um and so i just <clears throat> without talking in depth about what happened in class on thursday i got to say and i wrote a little note to our our group this morning that something in that class shifted for me that mm-hmm. night it just for me it we were talking about integrity and authenticity and just the conversation was so for me, it it wasn't in the moment, but what ended up happening for me was it was profound because Mm -hmm. it really, it, 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 I, I felt like it took me to another level of just being that much further immersed and ensconced in, in this journey, in this leg of my journey. Cause I've been working towards ministerial for seven years and 
when I first started, it was, it was in, um, and I know that some of our listeners have heard this before, but when Glenn and I were still in Toronto, then I started my uh, foundational classes with Reverend Jonathan Zenz, who is now in Tucson at Unity Tucson. And, um, and so in the very first Foundations for Better Living, that was when we were moving to Victoria from Toronto. And so there were, I started in Toronto, there were a couple of classes along the way in hotels and motels. And then the very first class that I was at sitting at my stainless steel work table that I still had left over from my bakery. um, The very first class I was sitting at, that's the class during which I experienced the call to ministry. I didn't know what it was going to mean. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I knew that there was a path that I had to take to get there according to what the Centers for Spiritual Living laid out. Um, But I, I had no idea. And here I am seven years later, four months away from that idea in mind from seven years ago, um, which all of it really is right now. Um, And it's, it's like, it's so close. And so Thursday's (laughs) conversation on integrity and, and talking about staying, like what is integrity, first of all, and staying in integrity, whether, whether anyone is around or not, like, especially when you're by yourself, because there's no one Mm -hmm. to check up on you, but Dr. James kind of reminded, well, you're God. So you're always checking up on yourself kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And, and then when it's hard. You know, like when, and, and for me, for me, the hard part or the challenging part, which is becoming easier and easier and easier, um, is to remember that whatever's going on, whoever's in front of me, whoever I'm in community with every single individual, no matter what they're doing, no matter how they're behaving, even when I'm not, you know, step off principle for a minute everyone is a unique original expression of God, of Mm -hmm. spirit, of source, everyone. And so when comments are being made or when judgments or criticisms or, or opinions are being whatever, it's to know that, okay, I don't agree with it. Maybe I can feel my blood starting to boil, you know, at the thought, or maybe I, you know, like, oh, that just, I, I can't, I can't even, when QAnon comes up, and for it's just <laughs> a like, big topic, <laughs> you know, it, and it, but it's, it's like, listen, mm-hmm. either you believe or you don't either you're God or not. And mm-hmm. if you are, and you believe in oneness, then so are they. And so, yeah. you know, who's to say also, which is not saying that I support, but when coming at it from a quantum perspective, who's to say that there aren't gazillions of realities where what they're saying is actually happening. Right. So, so just, you know, for me, that that's kind of where the hard comes in is, is to, and and again, I like the word challenging more than hard because hard, um, hard can have a bit of a negative connotation for me. So I like challenging as in something to overcome. Um, yeah, hard also can feel like it's, there's not possibility or like space to, to create it or make it happen. It feels like it's a hard stop or like yeah. it's, you know, it's too, too much challenging is more, feels more fluid to me or yeah. like there's progress. Yeah. Potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but the feeling, the feeling mm-hmm. that I have had since that conversation, since that class, for me, it felt like our class came together more. It felt like there was a, a coherence. at a higher level than we've had so far. And it was just like, okay, for me, I feel like 
I and our collective collective experience has just hit another level, has just up-leveled in such a beautiful way. And I just felt so connected to everyone and so in love with everyone. So that's the message that I sent this morning in the, in the Google classrooms, which I know not, I don't often read, but, uh, but I just wanted to send it out because it was just, it was such a, such a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I, I felt very much that way on that call on, and, um, just the energy uh, of the room and talking about such a, a, a topic like integrity is something that's one of my core values and really something that's important for me. Um, and so there was a cohesiveness and, and a, a feeling of oneness and connectiveness. And like, we're all kind of in this, this game or this playing of life together for, you know, to raise consciousness or to, to make better, you know, of our own life and for others. Um, and so I really felt that and appreciated that also, um, last week. And there's a lot, there's something that you said around this whole thing of who are we to say that they're wrong or that this isn't true. Or, you know, on that call last week, we got into the, the topic of Hitler, which I won't go too far into that, but it's this idea of, you know, who, in his right mind, in his, in his mind or somebody else's mind that we may be judging or thinking that they're wrong or doing something that we don't agree with. Um, but in their mind, that's where their integrity is. And that's where they, they they think in that moment, they're doing the right thing. So, one of the things that changed my life and that goes through my mind all the time is when we make people, places, and things wrong, anytime we make people, places, or things wrong, we set into motion our own suffering, right? It's like that saying around the poison, like if we drink po- if we're drinking poison, we expect the other person to die. Yeah. Um, and so that has changed my, my complete pers- perspective around when somebody is standing in front of me, they are, they are the divine, they are God source, whatever that is for you, love. And we need to hold them or we get to hold them in that consciousness, in that space of pure perfection, whether we agree or disagree, that's not for us to say, um, but they are, are, you know, pure in their intentions, whether we agree or not right in their in their right mind and in their integrity and in their morals or whatever that they have but so that is that whole thing that you just said is something that's really it's a practice every single day to not get into that space especially when we're right by ourselves um and this just actually happened to me with a friend it was like i felt like there was a a, a separation happening. I didn't feel like it was an integrity anymore. And I was suffering from it. It was like a conversation that I just kept having over and over and over in my own mind and with other people. And I felt myself kind of spiraling, trying to get out of this relationship or this friendship. And what I realized was I'm just, they don't care. <laughs> like I'm just this for myself in my own, in my own mind. And I'm not in integrity with my, my own, you know, godness or divinity so it is in those moments when we're by ourselves is how do we stay in integrity how do we stay in right mind how do we stay you know connected to source um and not and not making other people wrong yeah 
Oh, such an amazing point. And I really, you know, I still, cause that was such a good conversation and I'm so, so grateful that, um, that Hitler was brought up. And I mean, Dr. Yeah. James joked about, you know, it wouldn't be a, an advanced consciousness class if Hitler wasn't brought <laughs> up in some way. And, yep. um, and I still am not sure that integrity is the right word. I like agreement yeah, you say that. that you just yeah. use. And someone said in alignment. And for me, what I ended up saying was, you know, he was on point with what he truly believed, Yeah, which is fine. But I integrity, when, when I look at the word integrity and I realize that there's, you know, nuance uh, to, to the way that it's used when, when speaking of integrity in terms of wholeness, Mm. there's no way <laughs> that that could be an integrity because it just isn't it, it it like I know that he is an expression and his all all of his ideas were expressions um you know in some skewed way mm -hmm. of the divine or god or spirit source whatever but because there was harm being done to other people, it's just, again, I, I don't often quote Troward, but if you go back to Troward when he's talking, or even Ernest Holmes, really, who like, yeah. we know, pinched from Troward a lot, um, that the, the, this oneness, that this like harmony, beauty, grace, um, playfulness, creativity that is the essence of everyone and everything it cannot act against itself because if it acted against itself if there was like you know an evil duplicitous side to it it wouldn't be one thing it would just it would there would there would be duality there would be another thing and so where I am right now in you know my level of consciousness I I don't I don't agree with Hitler being in integrity um in alignment in agreement okay but because integrity equals wholeness to me it just um it it doesn't make sense to me that that that's how he so is integrity the meaning of integrity to you <clears throat> is that is it is it a relative meaning or is it an absolute meaning like is is there any is integrity different for you than it is for other people and well, and this was a, this was what Dr. James was, you know, he uh -huh. brought up where like, they can be different, like ministerial versus personal. Right. And, uh, and so for me, where I'm coming from is, I guess, from a very idealistic viewpoint, mm -hmm. which is integrity is integrity, period. Yeah. And, 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 and even though we talk about the absolute versus the relative or the allness versus the personal or individualized, the universal versus the, the macro versus the micro, it's all macro. It's all absolute. It's all wholeness. It's all oneness. And, and as above, so below, um, as within, so without. And, and so I don't know if I can answer your question any better right now, because for me, it, I guess it is, I'm coming at it from a very philosophical idealist point of view where it's, uh, you know, either it is or it isn't. And mm -hmm. that's it. So I guess absolutely. Yeah. That answer your question. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, and that's where we get to, to create our own. I mean, yes, there's integrity and ministerial that is, you know, absolute and like we need to be that but we get to create also what we believe to be either it is or it isn't and that may shift 
you know, yeah. for some people, what some people might, and then we have to think about morals too, because morals is a, is sometimes can be mistaken for integrity as well. But um, I think that's where you get to decide, you know, what your beliefs are around it and what integrity is for you individually. And I mean, I definitely fall in the line with you of, of integrity as this philosophical, there is, it is, or it isn't. Um, and I also get to look at each individual person, no matter what they've done as whole and complete, oh. you know, it's, it's like people who are in prison or, you know, do those kinds of things. It's, do I agree? No. And they're just a reflection of me, right? They're, they're just a fractal of the same thing that I'm a fractal of. Um, so I think also we don't have to agree with what yeah. they've done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, but I, but I, I am with you on integrity with, with that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just to what you said, I mean, whether you're talking about people in prison or people that we know and love, yep. no one is their actions. No one is their beliefs. No one is their feelings. No one is their thoughts. Those, those are, those are aspects of their experience perhaps, mm -hmm. but underneath it all, that infinite creativity, that imagination, that livingness, that beingness, that divinity, that infinitude, that's who and what they are. And for me, and I believe for you, and I, I would venture everyone in our ministerial class, that that's what we are here to continue to see and, um, and know, you know, for yeah. other people when they, when they aren't able to know for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the only, my only purpose really in this lifetime is just to know truth for other people. Um, yes, Glenn. <laughs> I, I just, I just wanted to interject something there. So um, I'm a big words person. So I automatically go to dictionaries and thesaurus and all that. Um, but this type of thing of the when you try to define it, it's in comparison to other words that are kind of in the same range or frequency. So one of the words that came up in the thesaurus was um, probity, which is more of an English word like England, UK. Um, and that is sort of defined as the quality or state of being morally sound, which brings in compared to the average, right? It's uh, this thing of like, integrity this person's acting in integrity because they're like the shining beacon because look what's happening down here the average person is just going to like well i know i should really but you know i got to feed my kids or i got to do this right so you know you i don't want to go on about that too much but it's an interesting thing that you've got the the um there's going to be a range you know so with the example that last I brought up in the class of like this, this uh, epitome of, of like wrongdoing who also may have been um, acting on his own morals, right? His own moral standards were like way up for him. And I shouldn't do that hand gesture with uh, talking about him. Uh, I'll keep my hands down here. So he, so with, with that, I mean, we're still back to like, we're all together in, in a kind of unity, but it's a loose unity, you know? So the ideal would be, we're all acting in integrity, 
right? Because then maybe we'd we would up level to an, a a new height that we'd never even imagined before. If everyone's base level rose, we would be like, whoa! Now we're capable of doing this. You know, together we can do a lot more. But then, as the downside of that is like, well, then are we are we all just like being programmed and and being mm -hmm. told what to think, right? And then then it gets into this thing like, no, that's not for me. I want I programmed right? and told by who? By what? By the new expected kind of um, standard for what is moral. Yeah, but. But where, where, where does that come from? If, if everyone is up leveling in consciousness, if everyone is opening up to their potential, who's, who's like, are these instructions that you're talking okay. about guidelines coming from somewhere else? Okay. I'm just saying that when you get into a new state, you've got, don't laugh in the middle like of societal, like, like maybe societal people, like in just in society, what we're told is, yeah like I, I like i don't think that um you know for me the idea of of communism is attractive to younger people because it's like wow imagine what we can all do together when we work together and whatever well yeah but then together to do what like who what's the purpose what's the you thing? have individuals strong individually but when they work together with their their own um their own strengths and weaknesses, but their, their strengths are like really well developed. So you, then you work with another person from a different perspective that has something that they, that they do not, you can like build things you can, you know, cause this person's actually good at planning. This person's good at building. This person is, is good at like the, the aesthetic of it, you know, but I'm just saying um, the comparative thing is what is what's throwing me off a little bit here. This, integrity idea because um it just implies that um there there's there's always going to be comparing going on which means judgment and maybe discernment if you're in the right framework right which is good but um earlier on i'm just going to switch back earlier on um nicole you were talking about stuff that as you were saying it about being um I forget what it was, but about the playful thing. And, and if you, if you're able to re, like, to be open to um, not just like the rational kind of how to live your life in a, in a, in a good, good way, but if you're tapped into the divine, that's, I think that's what, what it was when you were first saying in, in your, who do you think you are answer. Mm -hmm um the the thing with that is we 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 turn off that connection right it's like and it, i just reminded me of like when i have my phone and i realized after like a day and a half i was like oh the ringer's off like i put it the hard button down to no, no so i was like why hasn't anyone like i'm not getting lost his texts or the, there's no sound coming out because i deliberately or accidentally will say turned it off <laughs> which leads to notifications. Like we all have our own preferences. We can set up the same device and we just like slide up and down. And like, I don't want to hear when I get an email, I don't want to hear a ring. I don't want to hear text. So if we're doing that and blocking like this, um, this intuitive flow that's happening because that's who we are. The divine is, 
if we've deliberately turned it off because we we want to figure it out ourselves in a different way, then well, clearly we're only getting like a third of the information, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot from the collective that is that is ready to come to us, and we're like, we're like, okay, I either accidentally or deliberately turned it off. And so like, I'll figure it out myself, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's moments where we can we can be t completely turned off and not. And I think that's where like this word, like I've used this word for myself, where I feel very disconnected. I'm not receiving those notifications or those downloads or or messages or whatever you want to can you know say about that. But I, I do think that we can intentionally, deliberately, unintentionally, unconsciously consciously intention whatever turn them it, that on and off um i i think the awareness of that is what's really really important is when we want to be connected that we're able to to hit that higher level of consciousness or to be able to receive those messages or those downloads so yeah that's right yeah mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Since you are advocating for um, setting your phone to receive notifications, <laughs> which I do not, I turn off all my notifications. I go to my phone when I want to go to my phone. I check my phone for texts and whatever, when I want to, I don't want to be bombarded constantly. And so I'm thinking using your metaphor here, um, it, the, the notification settings and the preferences that's where we can pick and choose what it is that we want to tune mm -hmm. into or the messages that we want to receive, <laughs> so to speak. And so, you know, that kind of pairs up with what you were just saying, Nicole, about, um, about being aware. And so being aware, you know, do you want to get every single notification from every single thing that happens on Instagram and Facebook every moment of every day? No, you want to get the notifications from the people that you follow that enrich your life that you know, somehow add value to your life experience. And maybe you don't want every post on there. Maybe you just want to know when they offer something not when the 1500 people who are following them post something as well. So as someone who has notifications turned off <laughs> completely, I do too. <laughs> um, that that's that's one thing that I would that, that I would offer is that that's where the the awareness and the intention can come in. Is we are consciously choosing what it is that we want to be tuned into, what it is that we want to be open and receptive to. That because um, in science of mind, we we teach that in subconscious mind, uh, in that just incredible swirling miasma, that one, one aspect of the triune nature of God, every memory, every thought, every belief, every, everything is that could ever possibly be is there. Do you yep. want to have access to all of it all the time? No. Um, you want to have access. You want to tune into or focus or put your energy on the things that are going to allow you to live your most amazing, vibrant, fantastic life in the moment <clears throat> right there and not be bogged down or have your attention split in a gazillion different directions by, by opening up to all of it. At least that's, that's where I'm coming from right now. Thoughts? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's why we, we have, um, like these memory banks or, um, that's, 
you know, that are stored in our subconscious or unconscious, you know, uh, that we don't, they're not, they're running in the background, but we're not thinking about them or getting messages from them, you know, all the time. And so, no, I don't want to be in the space of constantly being bombarded by those things. That's where the fun and the joy comes in is, is when I want to tap into it, I can, but I don't want it to be always running and reminding me, um, I get to turn that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honey bunch, anything else? <laughs> no, that, that, that ties it up because it's like, I want to go play with my friends. I want to, I want to play on my own. I want to using the same, you know, metaphor, you're still being the universe doing something, but if you're, uh, having fun doing it, then, you know, you're doing it the right way. Um, mm-hmm. If there are feelings in the background while you're doing it uh, or mixed, you know, emotions or whatever, then maybe it's not the best thing for you to be doing. But, uh, but yeah, this is where we learn from kids, right? It's like, like <laughs> I was thinking yesterday about the going back a couple of generations, even, even one or two, um, kids always out just playing and they just found things to do when there was nothing to do. They would just make things up. And we all did that. Right. Um, these days it's more of a challenge for kids because everything's screen centered and people are staying home more where they're not open to that as much that, um, their, their potential like isn't being just demonstrated nonstop because they're focusing on fewer things like devices and connections in different way through devices, if that's what the parents allow them to do. But um, yeah, I just had that feeling yesterday about, Oh yeah, I remember it would just be, it would be like nothing. Even when you're, when you're, I grew up in the UK. So when your soccer ball got like lost or got a puncture in it or something, you would just do something else. You'd be like throwing sticks at each other or whatever. It was just like fun. Right. <laughs> because that was, that's why you were outside and not inside, you know? And then when you yeah. go in inside, it was to do your homework or eat and go to bed. That was it. Right. So. That's, that's how I raise, I have an eight and a 10 year old. Um, and one of the things that I was told, which ties into this by they've been in Waldorf education since they were two, um, which is, you know, has a, has a strong spiritual bent to it and, and is, has a lot of the same beliefs that we believe in. Um, and very much kind of that paganism, natural uh, way of, of being. But but one of the things that their teacher told me was boredom is the best thing for children um, and probably for adults, too, because we get creative and we figure it out and we figure out that's what those like boredom, maybe for an adult is like that silence of just you know, what can I create in this moment? And that's, that's really for children too, for them when they're bored, I'm like, yes, like, because then they figure out the most amazing game to play with their friends or with each other or go outside and, you know, be in the elements. If it's snowing or raining or hot or, or whatever, they figure it out. And I think that's, that's just human nature. Um, and I wish that more children could be during the pandemic. We were so lucky because everybody was inside and we live in a neighborhood where it's like that old school neighborhood 
who are kids, literally, it's like, we have everybody's phone number. Do you have my kid? Did you feed my kid? You know, they were just out in the world and, and playing in the dirt and being expressive and what they, what they wanted. And I wish more, both adults and, and children could experience that, that freedom. Yeah. yeah. That I, I remember when I was younger growing up in Edmonton, um, which is in Alberta, the part of the prairies, and we were outside all the time. We would hop on yeah. our bikes, we would go and we would just ride. I mean, there was yeah. no adult supervising us or anything. We yeah. would just go and we would ride. And sometimes we would venture into territory we weren't supposed to venture into, yeah. um, but always live to tell the tale. We might come back with some, you know, scrapes and bruises and, and whatever, but um, we would be out for hours. And if there was ever an, op- and, and like, honestly, also my sister and I grew up in um in a household where i mean i my family is ukrainian both sides of my both sides ukrainian um several generations back and so one of the extracurricular activities that we were involved in was this ukrainian scouting organization called plast which was as much a social um organization uh, and leadership um uh organization as it was about surviving in the wild and so we spent our summers and even some of our winters at camp out in the wilderness chopping down trees building things I knew how to do the knots and stuff but we loved being outside and for those times where we were bored inside because we didn't have a tv um the whole time while we were growing up. I mean, VCRs just came out when I was a kid and you had to rent them from the video store for the weekend or whatever. Um, And the whole thing was, if you're bored, go outside. go outside yeah I mean that's how I run my house you know that's something to do like always like nature nature provides all the time nature's got it going on there is always something to do outside and even if you live in suburbia there's a park somewhere there's a ravine somewhere there's you know some kind of green somewhere but it also you know you you can shift your perspective and and find something to do because we are creativity expressing all the time, all, all the, the time. time. So why would you, you think a little thought cave or do think something it's a- that, you know, keeps you small and bored? Open up. Go ahead. Yeah. And this is, I mean, imagine like a child, it, they build a little cave or, you know, out of sticks or whatever. And that's like a castle to them. Mm-hmm. Where they get to create, like they're, we've got a property here and they get into the the, the bushes and whatever. Um, and because it, it's infinite to them. It's, it's, there's no limit to what they can create. And, and as adults and, and people in this world, that's the same for us too. There's absolutely no limit to the possibility and the pure potential that we can create. If we allow ourselves to get maybe, you know, bored or whatever, or allow ourselves to dream and to, to, to believe that the possibilities are there. Uh, and, and then, and create from that space in just that that infinite possibility um, mindset or belief system, because really all that we do really comes down to, do we believe it's possible, you know, and, and, and getting to the core of what our beliefs are so that we can shift those and children just have this natural belief that it's all, it's all, it's all possible and that they can create whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, I, I back to our class, one of the earlier classes when uh, Dr. James 
<clears throat> I can't remember if he was doing stand and delivers or just asking us questions. And he began a question with, is it possible? And I can't remember if you were the one that got the question or not, but I was so excited when he asked that question. Cause I thought the only answer is yes. And like, you don't even need to go on. It's just, and then whether it was you or someone else was giving the answer, then he just goes, just ask me the question, just ask me the question. And then, you know, the person <laughs> asked him the question and sure enough, he goes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> infinite possibilities. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's so interesting with him because I, you know, I came from a different, different teacher or whatever. And, um, he, it's so simplistic in his mind of like, it just is, it just is like, there's no, you know, and that's, what's so fascinating is he, he allows our mind to take things in a different direction and see what comes up and where actually our, you know, beliefs are and what we've been kind of programmed or whatever to, to, to think from society or, or taught, but really it's very simplistic. It just is, it just is, you know? And, and that's so sometimes you just, you know, you want to like fight back or, you know, have a different perspective or kind of be that, you know, but, 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 and he just, no, it just is like, there's just no gray area here. So you know, it's fascinating to kind of, to kind of see that. And that's the perfect example. Yeah. So honey much, did you want to add anything here? No. Okay. Um, so who did you, <clears throat> excuse me, who did you study with? I know who you studied with, but for the people who are listening, who did you take your spiritual practitioner training with? I, um, I took my, my um, I took my practitioner license with new thought global. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that Dr. Erin Haskell or is that it? Yeah. Okay. And she, I know she's a, <clears throat> excuse me, one of Dr. James's students from way back. Um, I don't know if she was like in the first or maybe second ministerial class that he taught. Um, but she, she seems to be quite the spiritual powerhouse with, uh, mm -hmm. with what she's doing in the world these days. So are you yeah. connected to her in other ways aside from her being her teacher or, or sorry, uh, her being your teacher? So, um, she was my, my teacher, but I also worked, um, as from, for a few years as her right-hand person in the business side of everything. Um, because obviously what she does is a very different model than, than having a, a center or mm. it's everything is online and there's courses and, and things like that. So, um, I, I, I worked, I went through all the courses first, and then I went into practitioner and started ministerial there. And during practitioner and ministerial, I also then got into being kind of her like lead coach and right-hand person on the back end of everything. So that was an incredible learning process to be able to learn how everything kind of works. Um, and so I, I played two roles, the student and also, um, in, on the business side. Oh, that's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it really, it really, really was. Um, I'm really grateful for it because now I understand how this kind of stuff works and, and all of the different online kind of ways of doing business. Um, and my reach is a lot bigger now because with her, you know, it was global. And so we had students all over the world and, um, it was an incredible learning experience to be able to have that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so and keeping it in spiritual 
principle, right? right. Um, in our, in our work. Yeah. Um, and so what brought you to Dr. James? Um, you know, I, because I was, was in that space for about four or five years, um, I wanted a different perspective mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Reverend Dr. Well, Dr. Now Liza, um, is somebody that I had met originally through Aaron, Dr. Aaron, and, um, we had stayed in contact. And so I contacted her and said, Hey, I just, I just want a different perspective. I just want to learn this next level from somebody different. Um, and so I reached out to Dr. James and had a conversation and it's been amazing because it's, it's very different, um, in the way the teaching is and the model and everything. So I'm I'm grateful to, to be learning this part of it from somebody who actually is in a traditional role of ministerial, um, and not, you know, online. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Uh, honey bunch, anything else? Um, if, okay. So those courses that were online where people would become, um, certified as, I guess, practitioners and, or, yeah. and, or ministers uh-huh. all through okay. the, all through, um, the same, well, there's different, different levels of what you can do, whether you're becoming a coach or, you know, so, yeah. So I guess in the coaching world, um, that's one thing. <sighs> And again, I'm like the practitioner stuff is I'm familiar with it, but um, because I live with it and have <laughs> so, so years. Uh, but but the actual, you know, I'm dovetailing with the COVID response over the last few years in different countries. Um, so if you're like if you're not in community at a church or a mm-hmm. spiritual center like to begin with uh that's one thing but then if you were and then you that became not available to you and then like what do you think about that like it's sort of natural for people just to go they want to go back together but some people don't right some people are like actually you know what i'll just watch the the the, uh recording um later in the week in my pajamas or whatever i don't like yeah. Do you, do you find that like, cause it, if you, if you're, if you're coming, this is a confusing question, I'm sorry, but like, if you have, um, if everything was online, you did your courses online and you get like, you get a community with the people you're studying with, that's one thing. Um, but then it's just an online only set of experiences that you then take out into your world through your home life and your work and your whatever. But, um, I think there's still something missing with that, you know, mm-hmm compared with just like learning in the classroom because there's no energy yeah that that compares with like being with other people like in a group right yeah well and and I and this is part of the other reason why I moved to Dr. James too was I wanted I wanted the ability to like my my brother lives in LA and I I wanted the ability to be able to to go to a church and in, in when I want to and have that community experience um and I I I have to say being online, yes, it's a different energy, but if you're intentional about it, I mean, there's people now who are traveling, you know, all over the country and doing different um, experiences together and retreats together and bringing this work into a different form, not into church form, um, but still bringing this, this knowing and this knowledge as ministers out into the world in a different way. 
So um, I think it's shifting and I think it's changing from, from just being on a, in a Sunday church setting to being online. And then from there intentionally creating outside of that in person because, or like for somebody like me, I live in a small town. We don't, you know, the, the center for spiritual living here is very, very small. And the demographic is over 60, right? So it doesn't, doesn't really call for me or for my children to go. And we do go sometimes, but I have to create something else for myself that, that feels like I can relate to or be, um, does that make sense? But I, and I also agree with you that we do need to have that in-person connectivity. Um, There there was a, it's, and it's funny because just in terms of a paradox, um, I was listening to an Alan Watts talk where he was saying um, he doesn't like the idea of going to church um, to be in the Christian tradition. So he grew up in that in this UK, Scottish, I think, um, upbringing, very, fairly strict Christian. But he realized like he wanted to get away from what what that meant in in a christian setting in that he grew up in because it was like you go and you you uh you listen to this story and then you you're doing all these things with people and there's a lot of like talking and and like singing and for him it was like no that's not what you're should be going to church for you should be going to contemplate and he used and he broke it down into um, I guess the Latin contemplare or something, which is like, mm-hmm. be in temple, like yeah. go be in the temple and just sit there and like contemplate God, like be, be with God in this kind of special setting. But <laughs> we, as human beings, we have this other things like, well, yeah, but while we're there, we should probably have a little bit of catching up and, and then all the other stuff kind of filters in with the, the sad stories and oh didn't you hear what happened so and so and my neck hurts and all this right um and of course that drove him off into studying you know with gurus and buddhism and he just like is brilliant in terms of pulling all that back but i just love this idea of like this weird paradox we go to to be with other people for maybe a different reason than we think we are doing you know because really if you if you just go and sit in nature then you're doing what this idea is to sit in the temple. It's the same thing, right? You're still being with oneness, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a weird. Uh... It's it's uh, that's why they say you know that's why not they say I shouldn't say they because who's they? But <laughs> but but <laughs> but but that's why you know I believe it's your your temple is really within. So if you're sitting by a tree or it uh, on the beach or in the mountains or I mean I love to go out and sit by the river and just just be with with um the oneness or or spirit or whatever um and that i can get just as much from as being in a in a actual center or whatever one thing i do love sometimes when i when i go is i can just sit in the back and and just, it's like my moment to just receive the message, messaging that's coming through for that minister. And I don't even need to have all the other conversations and the, all the other connections, but for, sometimes for me, just to receive that from somebody else 
is transformative and like really what I needed in that moment. So I think it's whatever you create from that space. It's like the Buddhas who are up in, in, I don't know where they are, but just sitting and praying for, for everybody that's their church and their God and their temple. Um, and sometimes it's sitting in my hot tub out here and just being, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's kind of what, where you desire it to be and, and can be in that space. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when, when, uh, Glenn was sort of asking the question, just because Alan Watts says that that's, you know, that's what church should be. That's what we should do. The question I wrote down was, why do we attend church? Why do we, you know, like what, what is it? And I know for me, um, I grew up Ukrainian Catholic and I can still walk into a Ukrainian Catholic church or really any kind of church where there's wooden pews, where there are candles, where there are stained glass, uh, maybe some confessionals. And there is just a deep sense of reverence that I feel. And I can just sit and just feel the energy. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I, I, I love it. It is just so profound to me. However, what I prefer in terms of, and it's not even worship, is, is celebration and joy and fun. I mean, music has been such a huge, huge part of my life. And so when we, well, the very first time I went to the center for spiritual living in Toronto is when I still had my bakery. And even though I really appreciated that there was a live band and people were singing and dancing and having fun, it wasn't quite for me at the time. And then a few years later, Glenn said, and this is in my book, um, Glenn said, you know what I want to do next Sunday? I'd really like to go to the center for spiritual living. And I'm like, okay, sure. Let's go. And, uh, and as soon as we walked in, everybody was so genuinely happy. They were so delighted that we were there. I felt so welcomed. And even though kind of felt a little shy about standing up and dancing and singing along because I didn't know the songs. Um, By the third time that I was there, there was some blues tune that they played. And I'm like, that's it. I'm up. And, and that was it. And just, it was like, this is fun. You know, like church was never fun growing up. It was a serious affair. If you laughed, you're going to hell. If you giggled, if you fidgeted, whatever, you're going to hell. Like you got to respect God. You got to respect the community and you're not showing respect if you're smiling or having fun. And mm-hmm. so to have fun and play in church for me just felt awesome. And that to me is feeling connected that to me, you know, being like within like the people around me. And, um, and so that was very valuable when I came across Dr. James through CSL Toronto, because he was Dr. Or, or, um, well, yes, now Dr. Reverend Jonathan Zenz's teacher and mentor. And, uh, and he, a lot of people had taken mental muscle there, his education through entertainment or enlightened through entertainment. it, It just like, I love it. It's like watching a show every time, you know, like it just, you know, I pay 25 bucks, you know, to go and see that concert, that TV production or whatever. And, um, and so that for me is valuable. And that's how I feel more inspired is, is, you know, more me is when I experience that kind of joy and enthusiasm. It's not when I go to 
a sleepier center where the science of mind teachings are there. Maybe there's some quantum physics, but the music just does not connect. It doesn't resonate. And that just, it, it, it just, it, it just, it doesn't work for me. So Mm -hmm. I think, but I also totally agree with you. I can go and stand out in our backyard on the squishy moss, look up at the trees and just, you know, love it. Just be completely grounded, connected, interconnected and feel the energy that I am. That is the same as the trees and the sky and the little squirrels running around and the water, you know, just babbling through the brook that we have in our backyard there's so many different ways. So, so yeah. So just the notion of like, why do we attend what it is that, that awakens us to more of who we are? It's, it can be different from person to person and, and likely different even for us at different times in our life or, you know, in our week. So. Yeah. I, you know, if we had a center here that was more alive and the music really resonated and the congregation was, um, di- looked different, uh, I would be there every Sunday before it started. I, I mean, you know, cause I, I community and, and being able to be around other people is something that's really important to me. I really love that that aspect of it. And also for my children to be able to be around elders and people who are in this work and just kind of be infused into them without it being necessarily taught to them through Sunday school or or something like that is really important to me. Um, I just don't have that here. And so I have to find other ways. We do have a center, but it's not it doesn't resonate with me as much as I would like it to. And so it can be a little bit more of that sleepy kind of um, church feeling, which is a, which is too bad, but, uh, but I, I'm like you, I do like that feeling of being able to dance and have fun and and sing and, and bring God into different ways of what feels like play. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and I'm just going to make a plug here for the center of love here in Victoria slash Langford, um, which is a, uh, community that I am one of the co-founding members of. And it's, it is, we meet every other week and it, at the home of our friends, Ollie and Candace, who are also co-founders, Ollie's the one who basically had like the big download and was like, I got to start a church. Um, and then just started talking to people about, okay, how do we do this kind of thing? And it's, that's, that's my main source of inspiration here. I mean, I watch Dr. James online and um, every now and then Palm Desert and Unity, Vancouver Island, because they have a weekly gathering in Nanaimo. Um, But then the other two cities that are now part of the Vancouver Island, once a month, there's a live in-person thing. So once a month, if I can make it to the Unity gathering, which Glenn does, then I will go with him because I like being with people and that community still very much inspires me. Um, I used to work for them uh, for a year and a half, a few years ago. Um, But the center of love is, is, you know, there are kids, there are, I like how he said elders 
and and there's a community everyone is teacher and student so there's no spiritual director or leader um it is a spiritual community but we all know we all have something to bring to the table so like tomorrow glenn is speaking and it's his second time speaking and uh, really looking forward to what he's gonna what he's gonna bring to the table to the lectern and what i love is that you know there's music at the beginning there's music at the end and it's just it's like a video from youtube and sometimes it's music we know sometimes it's music we don't sometimes we're all like oh my god that was amazing who's that artist adding it to you know our playlist and there are some opening words of welcome to remind everyone why we come together then there's a 10 minute talk then there's a meditation for 10 minutes and then we get into groups or in a forum setting and we talk about it for half an hour which is so awesome. And the kids are running around playing and you know like coloring and they weigh in sometimes and and then there are words, you know, saying thank you, goodbye, and then another video, and and we're done. And it's just, it's it's growing, and the conversation is really where the magic happens. You know, it's not just listening to someone standing at the front of the room giving a message. It's like, okay, what are you getting out of it? And that sparks, you know, this incredible, amazing conversation. And so. I, and we meet every other week, which allows us to go and do other things on the other Sundays, which for me is great because I happen to be speaking once a month now. And, um, and then with unity, I put that on my calendar, you know, if I can. So it's, it's a nice blend of having something in person to go to and then having something online as well. I love, I, if I was lived where you were, we would be there every time. <laughs> That's what I would, I should just create that here. You could do you have online speaking or do you, do you, um, like at your gathering with the children that you were talking about, is it ministers that are speaking or is it just people in the work? The okay. only person who is in, in any kind of consciousness or spiritual studies in that collective is me, but okay. everyone is just this, like brilliant, exploding, expanding, curious mind and heart and the interconnectivity. I mean, it's called the center of love because love is really is leading the way all the time. And it is just like, that is what we endeavor to be immersed in, steeped in, become more of, and um, that it's the fabric, you know, the, the thread that interconnects us all. And, um, and so it's about sharing, sharing and experiencing. And so most of the time the speaker is from the group, but we have had some people come in every now and then. And there is someone coming, actually my boss, my employer from the chiropractic clinic where I work, she's going to come in in April and she's going to talk about um, chiro the, the kind of chiropractic she does primarily, which is best work. We've talked mm -hmm. about it in class a little bit with Dr. Sue Mortar um, coming up. And, uh, and it's just, if, if science of mind were a chiropractic technique, best is what it would be. And yeah. so it is all about clearing interference of whatever it is that is keeping your body from being in alignment. And most of the time it has to do with some kind of negative thinking or belief that is somehow clogging up your body somewhere that is then kicking your spine out of alignment because the messages aren't flowing from your brain to the rest of your body and then muscles get pulled and, and then you start to feel pain and whatever. So, yeah. so she's going to talk about that. And, and I'm really excited for her to share because I'm just such a huge fan of hers and the work she does. Yeah. Um, and there are people who come online because they don't live in town. 
there have been people online from the very beginning. So if you're ever interested, you could always check it out online. I know it's not being there in person, but you can be part of the conversation. So yeah, a lot of it is conversation. Um, the, I used to have a podcast, which I'm, I'm thinking about launching again, but don't hold me to it. Um, it's called something about that you were going to launch it again. I know. And, um, but, but it's in the works. Um, but uh, anyways, it was called soul chat and it was, it was, you know, named soul chat conscious conversations. And I just liked talking to people. (laughs) Just, I liked having these conversations with, with people, whether my podcast got really big or, or not. Um, it, it was really for me to, to have conversations with other people and to learn about, all the ways that people are being in the world. And, and so, yeah, I love that. Why this podcast exists. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why this podcast exists. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, honey bunch, I'm writing some notes. Can you, uh, Oh, you know what? It's actually 20 after maybe we should, um, move into the next segment unless you have something to say. Do you No. no. <clears throat> in our, We've got some vacuuming going on upstairs there. So I can't hear it at all. Oh, I... Yeah, no. Um, um, I think the furnace, if anything, that is here in the ceiling is louder, but it's, uh, I don't, you guys haven't said anything. So <laughs> no, it's turned off. And I, I had to just mute. Cause like my dog started barking. I was like, That's why we're not going to be good on a podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So here's what we're going to do. We are, cause we could keep talking. I know we could keep I talking know. and we haven't had a repeat guest yet. Um, but oh my gosh, Nicole, it would be so nice to have you on the show again. Um, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. It just, cause this, like when we had Jonathan's ends on his is the longest that we've ever had. It went for over two and a half hours. And then we're like, wow. we have to stop, but it just <laughs> kept going. And it was one of those conversations that just like, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but someone would say something and then someone would think something new. And then, you know, like from that and that, and that it was just like, it, it was, it's one of my favorite. Cause it was just so much about ideas, just like they were coming through. It was so fantastic, but yeah, two and that. a half hours, not everybody will listen in two and a half hours, but you can in chunks. Right. Um, but anyway, okay. So we're going to do this segment and then we'll, you can let people know about your stuff and how they get in touch with you. So we're going to move into what's called the super rapid fire question round where Glenn is going to bombard you with questions as quickly as he can. And you're going to answer them as quickly as you can off the top of your head. No contemplation here, (laughs) (laughs) whatever comes to mind for one minute. Um, so, and then uh, he's going to tell you what you've won. I've won. <laughs> For those people who have, who aren't, wa- who are listening, one is always in air quotation marks because we know what that means. Um, uh, clock. Okay. So I want one minute. Okay. Honey bunch. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That wasn't a very definitive. Yes. Okay. On your mark, get set and go. Okay, Nicole, do you sing in the shower? No. Uh, which do you prefer, solitude or dinner parties? Oh, God, I can't contemplate it, though. Um, I probably would say dinner parties. Okay, calling or texting people? Texting, for sure. Silent meditation or guided meditation? I like guided meditation. 
Salty or sweet? Depends on the moment. Um, right now. Sweet, sweet, sweet. sweet. Okay, uh, Pink Floyd or Gary Lynn Floyd? I don't even know who Gary Lynn Floyd is. Okay. Re <laughs> reading, Floyd. reading to reading to kids or watching movies with the kids. Oh, reading. Rain or snow? Um, I like the rain. I like the sound of it. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Ding 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 ding. Okay. okay, Glenn. Why don't you tell Nicole what she's won? <laughs> Okay, a reading from a poem, book, poetry book by Sarah Rogers. It's called Elemental Magic, Poetic Chapters of Wild Self-Love. I love that. So have you heard of it? No, but I mean, oh. I love it. Okay, so this is, this is the one that I came up with, which is the heading is Becoming. It's back to the parenting thing, but it could be for other people, I guess, as well. Becoming. She is not mine. She belongs to herself. She is not my ca canvas to paint on. She has colors that are of her own palette. Mm -hmm. Vibrant, shaded, sparkle neon, and luminescent, perhaps. She is a prayer. A holder of knowledge only she was told. My part is simple. The pain of labor and of love is to just let it happen with minimal interference. Allow her to be what and who she is, uninhibited by analysis or thought. She is becoming what she always was, like the universe. Mm. That's a beautiful, who is that by? That's Sarah Rogers, S-A-R-A. Rogers, Elemental Magic. Lovely Love book. It was gifted to Lassie by our friend. Yeah, for my birthday. That was, oh my gosh, that was such a perfect one. Glenn always, you know, talk about one mind, ends up picking something out that is just fantastic and, and relevant to what we've been talking about here today. So thank you. And uh, Nicole, now is the time to tell people about more about your program, where they can go if they want to get in touch with you, find out more about what it is that you do. And then I'll put a slide up with that information too, so that people who are watching can see it, but it'll be in the description as well. So um, so the best way to get a hold of me is, um, it, well, on social media, if you're on social media, my handles are Nicole Starr. XO with two L's. My, my Nicole has two L's. Um, and so that's both on Instagram and Facebook and, or my website, which is NicoleStar.com. Uh, again, Nicole with two L's and, um, you can book a call with me and we can have a chat and, and I'd love to connect with anybody who, you know, just wants to connect or, or hear a little bit more about what I do, or, or also if you're in a space of feeling, you know, that you might need a little bit of support. Um, I'm here to do that as well. I do have a program that is starting March 13th called the Divine Purpose Project. And um, really what this container is, is a four-month container for primarily for women. I mean, if there's a man that really wants to come in, they are welcome. 
But um, for women to come in and to be held and seen and un- and unravel kind of that stuckness, that feeling of maybe not being worthy in the world, um, knowing that there's something more, wanting to discover a deeper purpose, whether that's to be the best baker that you can be or to be the best parent you can be or spouse or something bigger, you know, launching a business um, and being able to, to get to the root of what's keeping you kind of stuck. And we talked a lot about you know, having those beliefs and those stories that are held in our unconscious or subconscious mind, um, and, and revealing what those might be, what those beliefs might be through, through trauma work, through somatics, through prayer, through meditation, um, and all the different things. So that is starting, then that's also on my website. Is there a specific link for that? Or is there just like a big button or something that they can? Yeah. If you, I mean, I did send you the link for that specific page, but it, on my main website, it just says group coaching. Um, and then there's, a, there is a spot that does say the divine purpose project that people, okay. can, or I'll, put, I'll put in, I'll put in a specific link too. Yeah. And you can access it through the Instagram. Cause I just, your link tree on your Instagram because I just followed you on Instagram. So I can see that the website's there and everything. And the yeah, I, I did change. I, I actually need to change that link in link tree. So thanks for that reminder, but yes, it is there as well. Cool. Amazing. Nicole, thank you so much. And, thank and you. thank you, like special thank you, because I know that you are a mom and you have your two boys. And so your time is just so precious as is theirs. So thank you for carving out some space for us today. And, um, it has been a delight. It has been just such an enriching, joyful conversation. Thank you for reminding us about how integral play is to who and what we are and how boredom can be such a great source of inspiration. And Honey Bunch, thank you for that poem from Sarah Rogers on becoming just a few lines that jumped out at me. She belongs to herself. She is a prayer, let it happen, allow, and that she is becoming what she always was, which is, I think, what's happening for all of us. That is that is the becoming, that is our life experience. We are this infinite creativity, resilience, and love, no matter what is going on, no matter what we're feeling. We are God, we are the divine, we are universe, we are imagination and creativity, and we are infinite in scope and eternal beings. So for this incredible conversation today, Nicole Starr, thank you for being our guest. Honey Bunch, thank you for co-steering the ship once again. And thank you to you for joining us. However you're joining, whether you are watching, whether you are listening, we so appreciate your time and presence. And we look forward to seeing you again for another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Bye for now. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. This has been an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lassia Kahoot, and I have been your host. My co-host has been Glenn Sheridan. We'd like to thank the following for helping make this podcast a reality. Today's special guest, Nicole Starr. Music, Vasco Lorenco, copyright 123RF.com. Background illustration, Sakma Sterke, copyright 123RF.com. For more information on this podcast on Alassia Kahoot Soul Excavator, please visit www.lassiacahoot.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you just heard. We invite you to like, subscribe, and or let us know by leaving a comment. Thanks for tuning in to Who Do You Think You Are?